Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce finassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. Today, we're getting into the details of Shopify's latest feature releases. There are a lot of them, so I'm going to focus on the most exciting and the ones I have to poke holes in. I will provide you with a ton of links to learn more about what we're talking about, updates I didn't mention, and direct you to some other episodes where you can dive deeper into some of the concepts we're discussing. Because there are a lot of links, I'm going to keep them all in the show notes on my website versus muddying up the description of this podcast, so make sure you check out the full show notes link below. You can also get to the full announcement right from Shopify within your Shopify admin. It's on the upper left-hand side of the top bar, and it says Summer 23. First up, let's talk about Shopify Flow. When Flow was first released, it was limited to Shopify Plus. Then I think it was actually during the pandemic where they released it to more levels. I thought it was all of them back then, but they just announced it was available for basic Shopify. Not sure if that was something they took away at some point. I don't know, but confirmed that Shopify Flow is now available for everyone. I talked about a few ways you can use Shopify Flow in episode 195 of the podcast, so make sure you check that episode out. They also made updates to the Search and Discovery app, which manages filters and search results. The way the Search and Discovery app works is that you can create filters with the standard Shopify fields, such as vendor, product type, variants, etc., but you can also create custom filters utilizing meta fields. For example, I created custom filters for a skincare client so that customers could filter products by skin concern, age, things like that. This new update allows you to group default filters, so that would be vendor variants, things like that, together, which will change how it appears on the front end of your website. And I usually will use this for things like color, scent, and flavor. So let's say you have different colors like burgundy, maroon, and red. Instead of having a separate filter for each color, you can group all three of those under one filter, say red. I'll typically also combine things like leopard print and snakeskin into one category called animal prints. It obviously depends on your product assortment and how many items you have that fall under these individual filters, but it's a great way to keep the filters nice and tidy on the front end for the customer. I used to do this at my previous day job because we resold other brands' products and they all had special names for their colors. It wasn't called purple, it was great. But if we had another brand with something purple that they called purple, I wanted to put purple and grape together. You can do the same for scents and flavors as well. Instead of having individual scents such as strawberry and raspberry, you can group them under a filter called fruit. 
Again, it depends on your product assortment. If you have 30 strawberry items and 30 raspberry items, maybe you want to keep them separate. But if you only have six of each and they're just all going to show up on one page, I would just group them together. Another exciting announcement is that Shopify Payments is opening up to previously restricted businesses. If your business offers CBD, tobacco, sexual wellness, or pharmaceutical products, you may now be eligible for Shopify Payments. When you're using Shopify Payments, it also lets you offer ShopPay on your store, along with some other announcements that we're going to get into in a bit. How they're actually doing this, I'm not sure. As far as I understood, the previous restrictions were based on Stripe's rules. Maybe they're switching who they use to process the payments for this. They honestly didn't give too many details about it. Um, They didn't mention whether the pricing would be higher for these higher risk businesses. Ultimately, you do have to sign up to join the waitlist. So if that is you, I'll stick a link in the show notes where you can sign up for that. Another financial update they made is Shopify Bill Pay. This allows you to pay any business anywhere, just like the bill pay you likely have access to through your bank. The big difference with Shopify Bill Pay is that it allows you to use a credit card to pay a bill to a vendor, and then the payee can choose to get paid by check or transfer. So if you have a vendor who doesn't take credit cards, you can use Shopify Bill Pay. So you pay credit card on your end, and then Shopify sends them the money. It is limited to U.S. stores, but you can pay international businesses. Another thing, and I don't know, I feel like I knew this already, but maybe I made it up because it was included in this release, but Shopify has a credit card. The cool thing about their card is that it gives you extended periods to pay for your purchases and gives you cash back on advertising, shipping, and even wholesale purchases through FAIR. They did have a little note that said more wholesale markets coming soon. Ultimately, I am all about responsible credit card use for cash back, so this is a great way to earn cash for all the business purchases you are already making. The trick is responsible credit card use, meaning that you pay it off every month. So aside from all of this financial updates, Shopify has also released a few updates to its existing products and functionality. For instance, the Shop app. Now you can create a storefront in the app. So you can add a banner, a heading, a slogan, and product collections. And then they've released something called Shopify Minis. These are essentially apps that work with the Shop app. The list of them is pretty small right now, but I do expect more will be released. I will put a link in the show notes where you can see all of the existing apps that are available. Shopify also mentioned that they're increasing the available number of variants to two 50. I think it's 100 right now. There are a lot of Shopify stores out there that have to use third-party apps to accomplish this. I imagine migrating off of those apps might not be worth it in the short term, especially for how close to Q4 we are, but it's something worth putting on the to-do list in Q1 of next year. Another seemingly unimportant update, but I imagine can be pretty helpful for certain merchants, is the ability to mark draft orders as local pickup. So if you are manually creating the order in the back end, that is something you can set with local pickup as the delivery option. 
Shopify has also upped their shipping game. They release something called package suggestions. So essentially, when you have your preferred package sizes entered into Shopify, Shopify shipping will make a recommendation on what size package you should use to ship that order allowing you to purchase shipping labels in bulk. So if you have 30 orders, it's going to tell you use package A, B, C, whatever it is, and then you can just purchase all of those labels at one time. This update was released alongside a discount for DHL shipping. I think it was about 15% decrease. So if you ship internationally, obviously that's going to help you out. Maybe you have not gone into international shipping because you were concerned about the cost, I would revisit it because maybe now with these decreases in rates, it might be worth it for you to try. Shopify has also made some updates to its reporting. So it's giving you a benchmark report. That's pretty cool. So it's going to show how you are doing against other similar businesses. It's expanding its tax reporting, breaking it down by state, county, and at the local level. Admittedly, I never had to deal with this, so I don't know what it looks like in there, but they made it sound like it's going to be better. And then you can also customize the layout of your analytics dashboard. So when you go to it, it's all these different cards and you can move them around. You can remove some, reorganize them. So that's kind of fun. What's most exciting about Shopify's latest announcement, though, is all of the new apps it's created to expand the functionality of your store. Before you get too excited, as expected, these apps are the most bare bones options in terms of what they can do. If you haven't already started implementing these, then the Shopify version is a great place to start. But if you are already using another app, make sure you do your research to ensure it has all the functionality you need. And then I would also make sure that you check into how Shopify Flow works within these new apps because Maybe by default, the Shopify app doesn't have the feature that the other app you're using does, but maybe you can create an automation inside of Shopify Flow that will recreate that. It really depends how deep in you are. It's great that these apps by Shopify are free, but of course it comes with limitation. And then is it really worth all the work to do the migration and all that sort of stuff? So those are things you kind of got to figure out. But like I said, if you're not already doing them, this is a great place to start. The first one we're going to talk about is Shopify bundles. So obviously, this is going to let you group products together and sell them as a bundle. Unlike apps that show bundle options on a product page, like, hey, get these two together and then add the bundle. This works more like the bundle app by Gazebo, which you probably heard me talk about a lot. So you create a new product and then it syncs the inventory in the back end. There are limitations to this app, though. It is incompatible with Shopify scripts and checkout customizations, which essentially makes this useless for Shopify Plus because those are two of the most used features. There are also conflicts with Global E, Licensify, Exemptify, and Recharge subscriptions. This next disclaimer is a bit confusing. I'm not sure if it means you can't use bundles altogether or if bundles just won't work in these situations. Some of the examples that they gave are you're creating a draft order on behalf of a customer or if it is a B2B customer submitting their orders as draft at checkout. You're using Shopify POS to sell your products in person in retail stores, pop-ups, and other locations 
or you're trying to include or sell a bundle as a purchase option, such as subscription, pre-order, or try before you buy. Using the POS example, does that mean you can't sell the bundle on the POS channel or that it just wouldn't work at all? I don't know, and I didn't really have the means to test it, so that's something you're going to have to test on your end. As I've already mentioned, if you are not doing bundles at all today and you are not a Shopify Plus store, I think this is a great place to start. But if you're using something else that has been working, I wouldn't necessarily switch from that just to save a few bucks. The other thing I want to mention is that when I was testing the bundles app on my dev store, I did get an error that it had too many variants. I am unsure if this was bundle app specific or if the variant increase I mentioned just hasn't occurred yet or it could be both. I'm not really sure. The other app that Shopify released, Shopify Subscriptions. Now, back in the day, Recharge was like the only subscription app that existed and it created a whole separate checkout. And then about a year or so ago, when Shopify opened the checkout API, you had all of these other new subscription apps pop up that make it way easier to implement and it all works inside of Shopify Checkout. I eventually had to stop keeping up with all of those new subscription apps because it just felt like they were in a race of development um, and it was getting crazy. I imagine even today, a year or two years later, I don't even know how long it's been. I'm sure that they are more sophisticated than the Shopify subscription app, but it seems pretty straightforward. You can have multiple different delivery frequencies, etc. It works with multiple payment gateways like Shopify Payments, PayPal, Authorize.net, and Stripe. And customers can use accelerated checkouts like ShopPay, Apple Pay. They can't use local payment methods such as Klarna. I don't know what qualifies as a local payment method. Does that also mean that people can't use any of the other like split pay options out there? They, the only one they listed was Klarna, so I don't know for sure. The other thing that was cool about the app, though, is that the local delivery and pickup options are supported delivery options for subscriptions in addition to shipping. So that's pretty neat. They are, however, limited to the online store and custom storefront sales channel, so you can't create a subscription for someone through the POS system. Customers will also have access to pause and skip through the new customer accounts inside of Shopify. The app is not released yet. You do have to sign up for access to that. So if you want to check it out, I'll put a link in the show notes for you to sign up. Another app that Shopify released is called the Shopify Connect Marketplace app. Shopify Connect is a replacement for some of the sales channels that previously existed. So this lets you connect your product catalog to Amazon, Walmart, eBay, and Etsy. Interestingly, the Etsy connection specifically says it is not endorsed by Etsy, while the others don't say anything like that. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. Etsy has an open API, which basically means any developer can create an Etsy integration. That's why you have so many other apps in the Shopify app store that can connect your Shopify store to Etsy. My guess is there's some disclaimer required in the API's terms of use, but I just wanted to mention it in case you saw it and were like, mm, don't know if I should use that. What's cool about this app is that it gives you the ability to automatically increase the prices of your products by a percentage when you sync them to these other platforms. So that's a really easy way to offset some of the additional fees it costs 
to sell on these platforms. Now, if you are already using one of the other connections and you've got all your products synced and orders are coming in and all of that kind of stuff, is this something I think you should be migrating to today? Absolutely not. Q4 is around the corner. Worry about it in Q1. If you have been thinking about getting onto these platforms and you just haven't gotten around to doing it yet, then maybe it's worth it to get in there and get it set up. Another app that Shopify released, Shopify Collective. It's essentially a drop shipping app between Shopify stores. So you can list products from other Shopify stores on your website. When the item is sold, the order is sent to the supplier Shopify store and they fulfill the order. Once the order is fulfilled, the information is sent back to your store and the shipment notifications are triggered as usual. So at least the customer communication is coming from you not from the supplier. There are technically two different apps. There's a retailer and a supplier. You can be one or both, but there are a few requirements for eligibility. Currently, it's limited to US-based businesses that charge in USD. You need to have generated at least 50K in sales in the last 12 months and use Shopify payments. This is one of the reasons that the expansion of who can use Shopify payments is exciting because making that switch could make you eligible for this if you're interested. Those requirements are the same for both apps, but the supplier app has one more limitation and that is your products need to be eligible to be sold on the shop app. There are a number of things that are restricted, but some of the highlights are age-restricted products. They mentioned specifically alcohol, tobacco, and gambling. I imagine that includes things like adult novelties as well. I'll put a link in the show notes to their shop eligibility requirements for you to check it out. Now, on the surface, I love this, especially for small businesses because it makes it really easy to expand your assortment without investing in inventory, and it's a really easy way for you to collaborate with your other small business friends like you hear me talk about all the time. I do want to caution you a bit before you go crazy with this. This is connecting you to other small businesses, many of whom have never acted as a dropshipper before, likely don't have the infrastructure or policies in place to run a dropshipping business, and you're ultimately at the mercy of this company to fulfill the needs of your customer. If you are going to utilize this, make sure you have clear expectations and agreements about how to handle returns, order cancellations, delayed shipments, etc. Another thing to watch out for is that by default, the payment to the supplier will be automatically deducted from your Shopify payments balance. I imagine this is one of the reasons they require you to be active on Shopify payments. You do, however, have the option to turn this off. And I recommend you do for two main reasons. Number one, if it pays them out automatically, you have no leverage if they default on their end of the bargain. Two, it will make your bookkeeping a nightmare because you'll have to parse out each Shopify payment deposit to account for what was actually inventory that you bought, etc. Additionally, from what I can see, Shopify is just giving you the tools you need to connect with other stores, but it's not a service they're offering, which means they don't really have anything to do with the success of the program between their merchants. All that being said, I do think this is a great way for you to partner with businesses that you already have a relationship with. Maybe you buy wholesale from them and you'd love to offer more of their products, but you just don't have the resources to bring in that much inventory. 
Or maybe you're a wholesaler who has a store interested, but they haven't quite made the jump yet. So this could be a great way for retailers to test you out. In either case, remember that drop shipping margins are lower because the supplier still has to fund the fulfillment side of the business. So if you are going to be the supplier, make sure you adjust your prices accordingly. Side note, I did try and join to see what the interface was like. Because I'm a partner and have access to multiple stores, it did immediately show me the stores that weren't eligible because they weren't using Shopify payments. However, it still let me apply with my dev store, which technically doesn't qualify because I don't have any sales. From what I can tell, it looks like I might be on a wait list and they're onboarding people slowly. The last of the new Shopify apps is Shopify Fraud Control. My favorite feature is that you can automatically prevent orders based on certain criteria like an IP address. I haven't heard of it in a while, but I do remember back in the day, multiple different Shopify stores were getting fraud orders from the same IP. You can also use the Shopify Fraud Control app in conjunction with Shopify Flow to do things like automatically canceling orders from specific email addresses that have proven to be fraud in the past or automatically canceling and restocking high-risk orders. I would be careful with that last one because there can be some properties that by default seem high-risk but actually aren't. For instance, at my previous day job, we had an order of a few thousand dollars. I was like so excited that Monday morning that I came into work. The order had happened super late at night. The billing and shipping address were different. And I think the shipping address was far from the IP address where the order was placed. And all of those things make Shopify flag it as potential fraud. But it was such a big order. I had to do investigation on it. And it turned out it was actually a celebrity that placed the order. And the billing address was that of her finance manager, which is very typical in the industry. They use that address for like their credit card billing, etc. So at first glance, it looked like fraud. But because I took the time to investigate it and ultimately reach out to the customer, I was able to confirm it was legit and we didn't lose that sale. So I do say when you get high risk stuff, it's worth it for you to at least do a little of investigation of your own. Um, Sometimes we would get orders where the shipping address would be a UPS hub or something, or it would be like a freight forwarder. So it would get delivered to one place and then ship internationally. So there were all these little different things, but it's definitely worth those few minutes it takes to look those things up. All right. Just like every other business and platform out there, Shopify is leveraging the power of AI for their merchants. Shopify released its first AI product, Shopify Magic, a few months ago. Initially, it was available on product pages to help write product titles and descriptions but they've expanded Shopify magic to your site design so you can use it in the theme customizer. Maybe you're writing a blurb on your homepage and you can use it in content such as blog posts. You can use it in the internal email marketing program and Shopify inbox, which is its chat app. The chat app also now has the ability to set up FAQs for customers and Shopify magic can help you craft the answers based on the content of your site. And then it can also help you craft answers to live questions, which you then have the ability to edit before you send to a customer. But they're not stopping at Shopify magic. They are also releasing Shopify Sidekick. This is more of an actual assistant, so it can serve up answers from Shopify's documentation and even do things like create a new discount code for you. 
The example prompts they gave during the presentation were, give me the test credit card numbers or create a discount code for 10% off all tennis balls until July 30th. Is that last one faster than just creating the actual discount code? I don't know. I feel like I'd be compelled to ensure that it was set up properly, so I might as well just do it myself. But being able to serve up answers from Shopify's documentation without having to navigate there is pretty handy. Early access to Shopify Sidekick is rolling out in August 2023. So if you want it, you got to sign up for it. And I will put the link in the show notes. All right. So we've talked about finance and apps for functionality. Let's talk about some of the things they did in terms of marketing. Honestly, I've been pretty impressed by the improvement Shopify has been making from a marketing perspective, especially in terms of their internal email marketing platform and the updates keep on coming. Now, I wouldn't tell you to leave Klaviyo, OmniSend, or Drip for Shopify's email without understanding how well you're using it. But if you're just getting started or you're still using Flowdesk, then it's definitely a good option. But here are some recent updates they've made to the platform. The first thing I noticed, even though I don't remember it actually being in the announcement, maybe I just didn't realize that it was there, but you can add a product into an email with an accelerated checkout button. If you've got a small assortment, you're regularly featuring individual products, or if there's something new you want to focus on, you just put it right in there. Super easy. They don't have to go add it to their cart or any of that. They just click the button and you're good to go. They've also released an app called Shopify Forms. By default, every theme comes with a Shopify form to collect email, but it doesn't give you an option to collect any additional information. So this app, Shopify Forms, does. You can add new fields to the form just like you can with a form in Clevio. For example, if you want to ask them what type of content they want to hear about or what they want to shop for. And then it will store that data in a customer meta field, which you can then use for segmentation inside of Shopify. It also gives you the option to collect a birthday. From what I can tell after testing it, you can't actually do anything with that birthday because when they collect the birthday, it requires a year. And none of the segment conditions allow you to find everyone who has a birthday in a specific month, for example. So like I can't go in and say everyone who has a birthday in January. It has typical date functions like within the next 30 days or between these dates. But the problem is when you pick those dates, it's looking at a real calendar with a year. So I don't understand. Maybe it's user error. I mean, I spent way too much time trying to figure this out. I also did not see a trigger option in the automation. So I was trying to do segments for campaigns and then I went into the automation but there's nothing like trigger on a birthday or on a date or whatever. So I really don't understand what the point of it is. The good news about these forms, though, is that they can be used on the shop app. While I don't think you can specify to use it only on the shop app, let's say you were using another platforms for your forms, you can't just say, hey, only use this form on the shop app. But I do still think that you can use these forms in conjunction with whatever other forms you use. So for instance, maybe you use the Shopify form for that initial sign up so that it can be on your store and in the shop app. And then later on, you just ask them for their birthday through your email marketing platform. Because I also noticed, at least right now, that data that you collect in Shopify forms is not exported 
to Klaviyo. And if it's not exported to Klaviyo, it's probably not exported anywhere. Another marketing update they made was to their Shopify Collabs app. When I was watching the presentation about it, I'm not sure I even 100% understood what the updates were because I wasn't super familiar with the platform because it's lacking in a lot of typical affiliate management features. But like everything else, it's a good place to start. And even if you have an affiliate program somewhere else, maybe you also set up collabs just so you can get access to whoever they have in their space. I'm not sure you know, how good that marketplace is in terms of affiliates and influencers. But hey, if someone's going to try and sell your product, why not? All right. So let's talk about website design. While the release of Shopify 2.0 themes was a huge upgrade, there are new updates on the horizon, specifically animations, a 3D hover effect, and parallax images. And parallax images are just those that stay fixed as the page scrolls. You'll usually see it for a background image of a section. They're also releasing the ability for you to preview a section before you add it to your theme. So if you're building out your homepage and you hit add section, right, you just have the names and you're like, I think I know what that means. But now there's actually going to be a visual preview. It's such a simple update, but I'm excited for it because you know how many times I add stuff and then delete it because it doesn't really do what I want it to do or it's not what I thought it was. So I imagine it'll be a little bit of a time saver. But the updated that I'm most excited about is something called flex sections. So instead of being tied to however that initial section was designed, right, you've got an image on the left and you have text on the right and you really have no control over how they display you're going to be able to resize images and add more images, switch the layout all right on that canvas. They didn't give a release date for this, but it's a huge upgrade in terms of design on Shopify. One thing I will say, though, unfettered design on websites can definitely backfire in terms of usability. So be careful when this functionality is released. My guess is it will also require an update to your theme, so be prepared for that. The good news is updating on 2.0 is a lot easier than vintage themes because it will now hold a lot of your customizations, but like most design things, it's probably not something you need to worry about right away. The next big update was all about Shopify Checkout. If you remember, Shopify announced during their winter 22 release that one page checkout was coming to Shopify, but there was no information in terms of when that was going to be. During this most recent announcement, they brought it up again, but not before letting everyone know that after some third-party testing, Shopify's checkout, the three-page checkout that so many people complain about, converts 15 to 36% higher than all other checkouts. I'm not sure how I feel about that statistic, how correct it is or what, but all I would say is I highly doubt if you are struggling on your online store that the checkout is the problem because consumers are so conditioned to see that Shopify checkout because so many stores use it. All that being said, they're still planning on rolling out a one-page checkout, but there is a wait list for early access. In addition to the one-page checkout, they also announced some additional updates for Shopify Plus merchants. So this includes an address validator, preventing orders to PO boxes, adding apps to checkout, a local delivery date picker, and they also mentioned the ability to sell subscriptions or pre-orders in checkout. 
Unfortunately, I don't really know what any of that's going to look like, when it's going to be released, how many people they're going to give early access to, who freaking knows. I will say, because the checkout is so freaking important, I absolutely want them to take as much time as they need to make sure that they get this right. Because the last thing we need is for them to release something with bugs and have it not perform and people can't check out. So no matter how anxious you feel and how long you feel like you've been waiting for it, it is absolutely worth it for them to take as much time as they need. Speaking of Shopify Plus, they've also made updates to the B2B functionality. B2B is the wholesale functionality for Shopify Plus stores now. If you historically use the wholesale channel, you can migrate those customers and their historical purchases to B2B. There are a bunch of cool things that you can do with B2B on Shopify Plus, but I'm not going to go in too deep here because I know most of my listeners aren't doing wholesale on Shopify Plus, but make sure you check the links in the show notes for more details if that is you. There are two functions of B2B that I think are really cool that I wanted to mention though. First is the option to choose between a blended store or a separate store. The blended store means the wholesale user logs in and then sees the wholesale pricing. The separate one just means it's a whole separate store and you have completely separate settings and everything. The other is the ability to design separate B2B and online store templates right in the theme customizer. So you could have different product page templates for each selling platform. You can also make adjustments across different countries as well. The last thing we're going to cover is custom templates for meta objects. Meta objects are essentially just a collection of multiple meta fields. For instance, maybe you have contributors to your blog and you want to build a profile for each of your contributors. So you have an author meta object that includes a name, profile photo, bio, and a link to the person's personal website. Another example is a skincare brand. You might want to provide information about the main ingredients that are used in your products, so you'll create an ingredient meta object with a title, a description, and a list of the products that use that ingredient. So you create the meta object, and then you enter the data for all of your ingredients into the meta object library. Once the library is complete, you'll go to your theme customizer and create a new meta object template. It's distinctly different. Then you'll dynamically pull the data into sections and blocks. Once you create that template, Shopify will automatically generate a separate page for each entry in the meta object library. As you add more entries, it creates new pages and it also has a very specific URL structure. So you'll always know what those new page URLs are going to be after they're created. You could also use this for events, product drops, staff profiles, anything where you would have multiple entries and wanted a separate page for each entry could work with this function. If you're completely confused by what I just explained, Make sure you check the show notes for a video example of what this looks like. So overall, I'm pretty excited for a lot of these updates. I'm really happy to see the extension of Shopify payments to cover businesses that historically didn't qualify, especially since there are often features released that require you to participate in Shopify payments and because they charge you a transaction fee if you don't, at least they did when we migrated to them at my previous job. 
But of course, in true Shopify form, their apps do leave a bit to be desired. I mean, look, I get it. They have built their business on their developer community. So I understand that there will always be limitations. Like I said throughout this episode, they're functional enough to get you started. And you always have the option to upgrade if and when you need to. Ultimately, I am grateful to Shopify for all of the effort they put into constantly innovating and improving their platform. And while no platform is perfect, Shopify is still my e-commerce platform recommendation 99% of the time. I hope you found this episode helpful and that it saves you some time on your own research. Again, there are additional updates that were released. Check the show notes for all of the details. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends.